Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffberry coming to you again from my home studio here in Alvin, Texas. Now, folks, some of you may remember Mike Graham, who previously was um, actually one of our one of our our our, our, our big tools up on uh, on the the hill to establish some change here in dentistry. Uh, Mike, first of all, how the heck are you? It's been since COVID that we that we last chatted. It it is, and I I believe that. Um you were the first, um, uh, this is the first time I, the first time I used zoom was on your program. Oh, no kidding. Not, That's funny. Well, it is funny because my staff gives me a hard time about, um, being so technologically advanced. I bet you've gotten uh, really at good at it recently, huh? Well, I've got, oh yeah. And, and, um, and I think I was, I was working at my kitchen table, um, which I've now moved my office into the living room. And um, I think I, it was late at night and I was wearing a sweatshirt and you were um, I didn't realize that we were going live. Um, and so it um, I got a lot of ribbing from uh, the dentists. At 3D I, I, rem- I remember you. I remember you had told me that you were going to. So, my friend, you are involved right now. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about why I'm interviewing you. So you are, suffice it to say, very, very well acquainted with our lobbying experts on uh, our lobbying efforts on the Hill. And there's some really good reasons for that. So, Mike, if you wouldn't mind, tell everyone what your history is, what you do for the ADA and and, and, and how that's progressed into what you're doing today. OK, well, I am the senior vice president of government affairs for the American Dental Association. So I actually, Doc, I oversee all the lobbying uh, in Washington, D.C., and the ADA assists state dental associations in their lobbying efforts on the state level. And we do that a number of different ways. I have a, the, um, the state government affairs uh, department in Chicago that I oversee that. So anything that happens in, in DC, um, anything that happens in the states, we watch that very closely and, and we try to influence that um, in, in any way that's good for our dentists and our, our uh, practices and our patients. So all those things we we're working on and at any one time in Washington, we're probably working on 40 issues. So a lot of stuff. But right now we're focused on Medicare and the Medicare dental benefit. Absolutely. That um, most of my time. Yeah. So, you know, actually, I I was going to say, I think you actually may have worked on one of my bills that we were trying to get pushed through here in Texas. If you remember the web portal bill where it was requiring insurance to provide information on their web on their websites about benefits and breakdowns and things. But um, I'm not sure if you worked directly on it, but I know that we, we no, had some help. No, I did not. But but I think we 
Uh, I think we probably worked with the Texas Dental Association on that. I, I think you did. So right now, the question everyone's asking is, what is going on with this Medicare bill? And, um, you know, why is the ADA pushing for it? And that, that's not quite really the real story. Uh, so I wanted to invite you on the program to to tell us what really is going on because the scuttlebutt is going all over the place. And I want to make sure we had an opportunity to clear the air and, and, and show people what the ADA really is doing. Right. And I, I want to thank you for the opportunity to do that. And it's great to be on your program again. Um, you know, uh, last fall, the American Dental Association's House of Delegates passed a resolution that really updated our Medicare uh, policy. And in the last, the last uh, policy that uh, that the ADA had was dated back to 1979, oh, and goodness. it was yeah, it was about three years ago that the that the House of Representatives uh, here in Washington um, took up a bill uh, to provide a Medicare dental benefit. And, and they put it in a larger bill um, that, that uh, the hope, that the main thrust of the larger bill was to extract large amounts of money from the prescription drug companies. Um, and they would use part of the money that they would get from the prescription drug companies to pay for a dental benefit, among other things. Now, um, that updated uh, policy that the ADA passed, um, it was intended for us to use should the issue come up. And so when they passed it uh, last fall, you know, we actually did talk to our friends on Capitol Hill. You know, one of the benefits of, of working for the ADA for representing dentists is, and I've done it now, it's all, I'm going on 27 years now, um, is that I, dentists enjoy a fantastic reputation, not just with the public, but with members of Congress. And so with our friends, uh, we went up to the Hill and quietly talk to our friends about what our policy was to, to gauge whether or not this was an, an issue that was going to come up uh, and the, whether somebody else on Capitol Hill was going to bring it up and how our position, we floated our position to see how it resonated. And let me tell you what our position is in a nutshell and then how that compares to, to what's going on on the Hill. Well, actually, let me do it the other way around. So earlier this year, um, bills were being introduced that did primarily this. They intended to give all Medicare beneficiaries a dental benefit. And each bill was written a little bit different, but we we're talking about 63 million senior citizens would get a benefit. That it would be under Part B of Medicare. Now, I don't believe many dentists understand Medicare at all. Um, and it is very complicated. And I have been blessed in my career to not have to know a lot about it because dentistry doesn't play in that arena. Um, but it, but being in, in, in Part B presents a tremendous problem for dentists, everything from administrative hurdles to funding the program, to reimbursement to dentists. And so we, right off the bat, we can't do that. And, and actually our policy pretty much defends that. So what is our policy? Our policy is that if there's going to be a dental benefit in Medicare, that we're going to shape that to, to make it conform to our policy. 
which is that it would only cover Medicare beneficiaries up to 300% of the federal poverty level. Now, what does that mean? Um, it means that about 47% of seniors would be covered. And, and what is 300% of federal poverty level? It's about $38,000 for an individual. Um, now, why did they come up with 300,000? There's a lot of reasons why the ADA House of Delegates did this. And one of the big reasons is about one third of all seniors. So 33% of all seniors do not go to the dentist because they cannot afford it. Now this has been documented, 33% don't go. Well, our policy covers 47%. So it actually covers those who I will say are on the fringe of being able to afford dental. And, and that those are some, that, that's just some of the bigger reasons why we went that far. But the whole point of covering low income seniors is they're not walking into our dental offices right now. And they're the ones that need the care the most, because if they're not coming into our office, when they're in, uh, when they're in some oral health stress, um, then where do they go? Well, they go to the hospital. They walk into the emergency department and they're looking for care and all they can do in the ER or ED is get some pain reliever and some, you know, uh, some something to uh, take down the, the swelling. So um, so this would cover those people and there would be terrific savings on the medical side of the house if these mm -hmm. individuals were to get treated. So it would do a couple things. Number one, it would take care of a population so they wouldn't have to live in pain anymore. Um, it would open up a whole group of individuals in our country that don't see a dentist now that could see a dentist, right? Um, and then it would save money on, on the back end. So on the medical side of the house. So from a policy standpoint, this makes tremendous sense. And for those seniors that can afford to go to the dentist, let them still go to the dentist and let them pay how they've been paying before. And some of them might be on TRICARE, some of them might have VA benefits, some of them might have um, some other commercial plan, but let them get it the way they traditionally have been getting because they can afford to get it. So the situation we're in right now is we've got the Democrats, and I can say that it's the Democrats in the House and Senate that are pushing a full-blown Medicare dental benefit um, and that's what they're working out right now in the House and the Senate. And we are pushing our position because it makes more sense to us that what we're doing is the right thing to do. Okay. So what are what are the the um, the expected changes? I, I know there, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there right now who are saying the ADA is pushing this. They're trying to get dentistry into the Medicare program and. Um, Really, you guys have just issued a position statement, which for, there's a lot of people don't understand the way that legislation works. Um, I, I had to learn a little bit about it because I was trying to change some things here in Texas. And whenever you put out a position statement, basically it makes an automatic function of whoever's trying to pass a bill. They have to go and look at what position statements were made by the powers that be for whatever. Like for instance, in Texas, it's the TDA. The TDA has a position statement out, then congressmen and senators use that to inform their decision because that is what the TDA puts out position statements for. And so the ADA did something very similar here because they wanted to say, look, if ever this thing does come up and we know it's going to come up because it's been being pushed for years. We want to make sure we're out ahead of that. We, we want to make a, a modern statement that 
addresses the problems at hand so that they're going to invite us to the table to talk about this. Because if you hadn't made the position statement to begin with, they may not have conferred with you at all. And I think that's where people are not understanding things. Is my understanding of that situation correct? Well, you are absolutely right. In fact, there's a there's an old saying in politics that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Yep. And and so if the ADA came out and said, we're opposed to a Medicare dental benefit, now that's not our policy, but if we had done that, then they would have said, okay, thank you. We know where you are. We're not even going to invite you to come in and have a conversation about this. So they would get to do whatever they want to do. Now, let me, let me say, Doc, that this, and I've said this in every audience I think I've appeared before, there's a few political realities that are going on here that your, your, um, your viewers, your listeners need to know. And it's this. The House of Representatives is controlled by the Democrats. The Senate is controlled by the Democrats. The White House is controlled by the Democrats. Right. If every Democrat votes for this, there's not anything that we can do. Not anything that we can do. And, and, can, and, I've, and I've told my viewers and I've told my members, this is happening, period. It is happening. The only thing that we can do at this point is to control the fallout by trying to offer them opposing views or trying to offer them compromises. And and so at least that, that's my read of the situation. But we're, we're not at the compromise stage right now. But but let me finish. We're with the please listen to a stage. <laughs> we're not at the compromise stage. We are at the push the ADA policy stage. But let me let me finish because you're right on target with everything you've said. So if they control, if they hold all the cards, um, and they can do whatever they want, um, it, then we're then we're done. I mean, there, there's there's nothing we can do. So how do we fight that? Um, well, we do know this. We, we do know that, and this has been documented, it's not Mike Graham saying, this has been documented in lots of newspaper articles and, and so forth, that you know Bernie Sanders is pushing this issue because Bernie Sanders wants Medicare for all. And this is one more step toward Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all. Okay, good. We understand where you're coming from, Bernie Sanders. Now, um, I would say Democratic leadership in, in the House and Senate, um, they want to do this because wouldn't it be great if they could say to the the electorate, those senior citizens, you know what? We passed a, a Medicare dental benefit, a hearing benefit and a vision benefit for you. We did that for you. So now you have these benefits. Who are you going to vote for in 2022? Who are you going to vote for in 2024? It's politically, it's a really smart thing to do. I mean, you you give people what they want. Now, right in circuses. Seniors tend to vote more Republican than they do Democrat. So if if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer can pull some uh, some uh, Republican voters to vote Democrat, I'm sure that's they're more than happy to do that. That's their goal. So we're fighting against that political reality. And the fact is that policy is going to take a backseat to politics in this right now. And so we're fighting all of that. Now, <clears throat> what are we doing? Um, we have our policy, and, and our policy is we want, we want if you're going to do a dental benefit in Medicare, focus on the poor because they need it the most. And there'll be savings in this and all those reasons that, that I mentioned. And in every interview that I've done, whether it's the Washington Post, the New York Times, Politico, all these other uh, 
inside the beltway as we refer to it health magazines and so forth fortunately they have actually quoted me I, every single time saying the ada wants congress if you're going to create a dental benefit if you're going to do this then focus on the poor because because that's who needs it the most and makes the most sense so so that part of the message is getting through what's 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 not getting through is um any change yet so we went out with a grassroots action alert uh 48 hours ago maybe a little bit more guess how many de dentists have responded so far over I, ten thousand. I, I would say oh, it's probably a ton of them because i've been pushing that message out on my facebook page every single day uh, over ten thousand now Ten thousand is is good because it ten thousand dentists responding translates into, um, all, I think it's now up to thirty three thousand um, emails that have gone up to Capitol Hill. Thirty three thousand is a good number, but let me let, let me tell your listeners, because this is our Achilles heel. If we don't get more, if we don't get more dentists to weigh in on this, it's going to be hard to win. Now, if you recall COVID. Right. When COVID was there, we sent out four grassroots action alerts. We got one hundred and sixty thousand dentists to respond. That's forty thousand for each grassroots on average. And we got one hundred and fifty thousand emails up to the hill. So compare the thirty three emails that have gone to the hill with this last email alert, which has only been up for about 48 hours. Compare that to the 150,000. Yeah. Why did we get why did we get everything dentists needed to stay in practice during COVID? 150,000 emails went to Capitol and, Hill. And this folks, is. as you're listening to this, I want you to look directly above our heads. There's going to be a link right there. Click on that link if you haven't done so yet. Fill out the form and use it to send letters to your congressman, okay? It's easy and it can really affect the profession. Sorry about that, Thanks, Mike. I want, to, I want to give you a plug for your link right here. I, this is critical. And, and you know what? The interesting thing about this issue is, and I, and I know there are dentists who are saying, well, you know what? I, I don't really want to get involved because I wouldn't take the Medicare dental benefit anyway. I wouldn't accept uh, Medicare. Well, actually, Mike, here's, here's something that a lot of dentists don't realize. And it just it infuriates me because I've had to, be I've had to tell them this. If you didn't sign up to not be in Medicare, you take Medicare because you have to opt out. And it was like it's so everybody's problem to me. Well, it, and it goes beyond this. Now, we've seen this in the physician community. So Medicare, I mean, they, they cover 63 million senior citizens. Medicare, actually, their rates are a little bit lower than the commercial rates. And guess what the commercial rates end up doing? They go, oh, Absolutely. you take Medicare. Well, guess what? We're going to lower the commercial rates. So yep. it's going to impact you whether you take Medicare or not, because if you take uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield or, or some other commercial plan, they may very well, and this is what they did in the medical community, they may very well lower their rates because they say, well, you took Medicare, so we'll lower Absolutely. our rates too. Even if you have a fee-for-service practice like mine, just because you're not having to worry about assignment of benefits to your office or being limited by the fee schedules, and th this is actually a conversation I, I started on TBOD because I want to see where people's heads were before this interview. And um, I, I kind of poked the bear a little bit because I like to play devil's advocate. And I said, well, I don't have to worry about it. I'm fee-for-service. 
the thing is, is that it's my patients who are going to get a smaller reimbursement. And so that does impact the decisions that they're going to make, whether or not I'm accepting assignment at all. So folks, this is our problem. No matter what, even me with the fee-for-service practice, this is my problem. So I really want you to consider pushing that little button up there and writing a letter. Hey guys, now a quick word about our sponsor. I'm really excited to announce that we've partnered with United Medical Credit to offer an exclusive deal just to TBOD members. Now, United Medical Credit is a patient financing provider with unique waterfall lending process. It allows them to approve a much wider range of applicants. In fact, the widest range of applicants in the entire field. I've been using United Medical Credit in my practice for a couple of years now, and I'm seeing great results. They really speak for themselves. I see at least 30% increase in the number of patients who are actually approved whenever going through UMC. And the best part is patients are accepting treatment. More acceptance, more patients means more revenue. Right now, they're offering TVOD members a special discount of 0% merchant fees until the end of the year. That's right, until the end of 2021, you get 0% merchant fees charged. And they're gonna give you a 30% discount for life after that. Now, if you wanna claim this offer for your practice, go to www unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash tbod or as always you can go to Dockoff investments click on the deal section look up umc and register thanks a lot guys and umc thanks for sponsoring so mike tell me exactly what impact you guys foresee i know that you've done all the numbers for medical and you've looked at what the decreases were in their rates what do you foresee decreasing after this has passed, if, if it, if it falls in line with medical, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me uh, to project that um, because we, re we have a long way to go. Um, if, if this were a baseball game, you know, we're in about the second inning right now. I mean, we only found out what was in this bill on Tuesday. Wait, we didn't have to, Friday. we didn't have to pass it to find out what was in the bill. <laughs> Are you sure Nancy's working on this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they Sorry. kept it very close to the vest. I hear you. Uh, um, they kept it very close to the vest, which actually was very confusing to to uh, for us and more confusing for us to explain to our dentist members um, because they said, well, wait a minute, what are we fighting? And we go, well, we don't know exactly, but we know the parameters. We know it's going to cover all Medicare beneficiaries um, and we know it's going to be in Part B. Now, and we also know that it's already underfunded. We already know it's underfunded. That was a perfect and, segue. And so, I was going to ask you about that next. So uh, so now that we know what's in the bill, uh, the House bill, now the, the Senate bill is probably going to be different, but we know what's in the House bill. Now we know how to go up and, and argue um, our points uh, against that. And in fact, today they they had the, the what's called a markup, and you know what that is, DACA. It's where they they take the the bill language and they make changes to it, or they don't make changes to it, but amendments are offered to that, and then they finally pass it out of the committee. It's a long, and long so process. It is a long process, but they rammed it through today, and the dental uh, the dental benefit um, they had the markup today. Now here's the good news. There are 25 Democrats on the Ways and Means Committee and 18 Republicans. And, and I have to tell you, 
um, we had, I'd say, half of those Republicans on the Ways and Means Committee who were raising lots of questions about this dental benefit. They explain to us how this is going to work. Explain to us how it works under Part B. They were asking all the right questions. And even some of the Democrats asked questions as well. There's a lot of confusion out there and not many answers. And so that that is what we're going to continue to do. There's another hearing on Monday in the House Energy and Commerce Committee. And we and we're going to there are going to be questions asked during that markup as well. And the more questions that are asked, the more questions that they cannot answer uh, those uh, that are in control of, of moving this process forward. I think that says volumes uh, about are they how well thought out is this? And I'll tell you something else that's absolutely amazing in this process to me is that and this is how it's been rammed through. You know, you ordinarily when a when a bill is introduced, what do they do? They hold hearings. Um, They give they give the lobbyists um, an opportunity to come up even before the hearing and take a look at the bill and say, well, this is why we'd have problems with it and so forth. Let's work on that. There were no conversations with us in the drafting of this. They purposely left us out. They left all the dental organizations out. They left all the dental. Anybody who's involved in dentistry was left out in this. And and then there was no hearing. There was just the markup today, which is really outrageous that in our political process, that they don't make this an open process where you'll have an opportunity to debate the issues. Didn't have that. But thank God some members on the committee asked questions and said, explain this to us because it doesn't make sense to us why you're doing it this way. So we've covered we've covered what is in the bill. We've covered what the policy statement of the ADA is and what you guys are going to be pushing for. Um, We've covered a little bit about the process. Let's talk about funding because that's kind of, to me, the elephant in the room. Currently, um, historically, since 1974, I believe, the United States has had an inflationary adjustment of about 1.5% per year. Currently, this year, we have 5% inflation. And we all know it's because of all the money that got printed. I mean, it's it's kind of a no-brainer for anyone who actually understands politics, unless they're a Democrat, evidently. So um, with that being said, how are they planning on paying for this? Are we going to print another trillion dollars, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, as they say, therein lies the rub. Um, and there are some members, in some Democrat members in the House um, who we have had some terrific conversations with, um, not just about our piece, but about the whole package. Um, and I think probably many of your listeners have heard of Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, maybe Senator Cinema from Arizona, who have said, we're going to spend, we just spent $4 trillion fighting COVID. Um, and, and we're getting past that, we hope. Um, but now we're going to spend $3.5 trillion and and the Democrats are saying, oh, but it's going to be paid for. Well, wait a minute. There, you know, there's a lot of sleight of hand that goes on here. It happens say, in, nothing up my sleeve. Watch this. It, it happens in Austin. It happens in every capital. Um, it happens everywhere where politicians say, well, we can pay for this. Um, and it may look good on paper, but um, it, it's not really a pay for, as we, we like to call it. And and at some point. 
Um, there are some members, and it's going to happen if it doesn't happen in the House, and I think it could happen in the House, uh, because 10 House, Repu House Democrats have stood up and said, whoa, we, we want to see how this is paid for. And if it's not paid for, then we're not going to do it. If you pay for, you can pay for a trillion, okay, then we're okay to do for a trillion. But but 3.5, you got to show us how you're doing that. So thankfully, there are some some uh, Democrats in the House who have done their profiles and courage homework, and we hope are going to stand up and, and say what needs to be said. Now, that's, on the Senate side, hopeful. well, but uh, we are very hopeful that there are some courageous people that will do that. Now, on the Senate side, Joe Manchin has already said, and I'm sure many of your listeners read his piece in, in the Wall Street Journal. It's been reprinted in a number of different places um, where he has said, you know, I think we need to hit the pause button. Um, and, and since that time, he has said, you know what, if we can pay for 1.5, that's about as high as I can go. And so look what they're trying to do in this $3.5 trillion bill. They're trying to pay for climate change, um, college education, especially free community college, uh, daycare, um, senior home care, and then these extra uh, Medicare benefits like dental, hearing, and vision. Uh, and then there's lots of other things they are trying to pay for. Now, if Manchin gets his way, and Cinema has said something similar to this, Senator Cinema, that they're if they shrink this thing to $1.5 trillion, they've got to make some hard choices. They're going to make have to make some choices anyway, but they're going to have to make some hard choices about what gets paid for and what doesn't. And you know what's interesting, uh, Doc, is, is that... Um, an editorial, the Washington Post, the Washington Post came out, their editorial board came out with an editorial that, that said, with regard to a dental benefit, looking at all the things um, that you can fund, this should not be a priority. And, and they even, in a sense, they agreed with us that you should be covering the people who can't afford it. So I... For once, the Washington Post has agreed with us. We like that, um, um, and they're and they're right from our standpoint. I mean, look at all the priorities. Is this is this a priority? Okay, if it is, then who gets covered? That should be the priority, but not the way they're doing it. It's it's a political it's a political move on their point right now. So it comes down to the money. Where's the money? Absolutely. That and money and votes. So let's talk a little bit about the scope of coverage that. They're currently uh, they're currently suggesting. I I I know in my practice, uh, before I realized we had to opt out uh, to not actually participate, um, I had a couple of patients who had come in, and I think that there is a um, they were using a third party to cover the portion of Medicare that did cover dental, which is very very small from what I understand. I think maybe an extraction a year or something like that was what was covered under these people's policy, but I'm not sure if it's something they got as a as a, an additional policy in addition to medicare or what well yeah that's not it's probably not medicare because medicare covers virtually well very few things very little at all very little. yeah and it has to be it has to be medically connected so um so th maybe some of the folks um only 44 percent of seniors actually is that right let me see um I think it's, I no, I'm sorry. It's about 30, one third of all seniors, 37% of all seniors have a dental plan of some kind. Right. So, so it's probably so, supplementary. Um, yeah. So what is the scope that they're looking at 
adding to this? Because I think that'll help us wrap our minds around it as dentists. You know, is it, oh, we'll just cover extractions. We're gonna cover two exams a year. What are they, what are they proposing covering? Yeah, so I don't wanna confuse everybody, but, but there are a number of proposals out there. But the one before the house right now, and the only one that's in play right now, um, at least the Democrats have in play, is their bill would cover all seniors. Okay. And, and so if you're an eligible Medicare beneficiary, you would be covered by this. And it would be in Part B, which is extremely problematic for the reasons that I laid out previously. Um, and um, it would, but, but there are, uh, it hasn't said anything about premiums. Now, ordinarily, Part B for medical there are premiums that have to be paid and they are actually means tested. So if you make, if, if your income as a senior citizen is very high, then the premium that you pay is higher. If, if, it's, if it's very low, then your premium, it could be, you could get a subsidy so you're paying nothing. If you're really down there below the 100% uh, of the federal poverty level. So, but right now there, it, there's no mention of premiums, but what they are talking about is co-pays. Ah, okay. Now most dental insurance, and I think you said you don't take dental insurance. Is that right? Not anymore. Thank oh, well, one of my, one of my practices does, but I don't work in that practice. Okay. So, so it, the, on the average commercial, um, uh, dental plan, um, prevention services are included as part of that. They're usually covered 100%. And then basic services might be 80-20. And then for major uh, services, let's say crowns and bridges and so forth, it, it, could, be, it could be anything from, I don't know, 60-40 uh, to 50-50. What, what is in the Democratic plan right now before the House is 80-20, right before preventative services, and then 50-50 phased in to 50 50 uh eventually so what does that mean so if a met if a if a medicare beneficiary goes into a dental office let's say this becomes law what they have before the house right now uh the medicare beneficiary goes in and they're uh, and just has you know exam and, and uh, uh cleaning um they're going to pay 20 percent, and then medicare pays 80 percent. well if you're poor if you're a poor senior and and those preventative services cost two hundred dollars, um, then the Medicare beneficiary has to pony up forty bucks, right? Two hundred dollars mm -hmm. total, forty bucks is twenty percent. All right, so I'm poor, but I'm I'm going to come up with that money. Okay, granted, um, but now I haven't been to the dentist in five years, and I need three thousand dollars worth of work, and I'm a poor senior. And I've now got to come up with fifty percent of bucks. That's oh, for fifty. Oh, yeah, fifteen hundred is a heck of a even at yeah. the twenty percent bracket. Six hundred bucks yeah. is going to break a whole lot of seniors. Right. Right. So, so now it's fifty fifty. Um, and how are they? How are they going to do that? So, our whole point is: look, if you're serious about doing this, a Medicare dental benefit, let's take care of the people that need it most. And you know that three thousand dollars worth of major work becomes six hundred. Still a lot of money, but you know what? Dentists are terrific at saying to patients, "You know what? Give me fifty bucks a month, 
and we'll pay this over the year. We work things out to get people care. That's what we do. Um, but at 1500 bucks, I mean, most most uh, low income seniors, they can't. And so, we've been saying that. So what is it? What are we looking at? Have they discussed reimbursement um, or fee schedules yet? Well, it's funny you bring that up because now I, I don't know how many of your listeners. None of this um, is funny. None of this is funny, Mike. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, uh, so we've uh, we have a dentist member of Congress who's on the Ways and Means Committee, and I'm sure many of Mr. your, your followers. No, this one is uh, Drew Ferguson from Georgia. Okay. He's also the fourth ranking. Uh, I'm sorry, fifth ranking, fourth ranking Republican in the House. Um, he's the deputy whip. And and Drew, actually, Dr. Ferguson uh, sits on the Ways Means Committee. And while many other a uh, number of other Ways Means Committee members pounded the staff on the, the Medicare dental benefit, nobody, nobody asked more pointed questions than Dr. Drew Ferguson. He was terrific. Um, how are you going to what is the reimbursement? And they said, well, that'll be worked out in the future. He goes, no, no, no. <laughs> that, that's not good enough. Um, you need to be, because if I'm a dentist and I'm interested in what's going on and you tell me that if it looks like a Medicaid program where I actually lose money in most states for every patient, I'm not signing up for this program. I can't lose money. And and so he was asking those tough questions. So thank you, uh, thank you Dr. Ferguson, for asking the questions that needed to be uh, answered. You get your viewers to send him a nice note of thanks because um, he was asking the questions that we needed to have asked to expose what's going on right now, which is this is this is a bit of a sham that's going on. So what is it that I haven't asked you that I should have? Well, I, I want to touch on uh, the point that if you don't think this impacts you, I don't need to get involved. You're wrong. You need to get involved. Um, if you think that um, that well, I'm not really supportive of any kind of Medicare dental benefit, and the ADA is talking about a Medicare benefit that that replicates the policy that was passed by the House of Delegates. Let me assure you that what the ADA is supportive of is is right for the patients. It's right for the public. And it's right for the profession because it will not disrupt, we believe, the commercial market the way the, the um, policy, the way the bill uh, that's being considered for the House is. So you have to get involved. You have to get involved in this issue because if you don't, then government's going to tell you what you have to do. And I know Dennis don't want them to run your their, you know, doesn't want government running their practice. Yep. <laughs> you know, Mike, I think I, I mentioned before um, the last time that we met that I'm a staunch libertarian and constitutionalist. So I have all sorts of things I'd like to say about what we want the government to do. But we're going to leave that aside for today. Well, folks, um, you've wasted another 45 minutes to an hour listening to the sound of my voice rambling on. I hope that you found some value in the program this evening. And um Mike, thank you very much. And would you mind giving us a, giving us an update once um, once you have something to update us on? Absolutely. 
Anytime you want me on, I'd be happy to talk about this because the more um, the more that we can educate our, our dentists about this, the more they'll understand how important this is um, to to their practice and and their patients, and and they need to know because what's being written in the newspaper is not necessarily reflective of the truth of what's going on there. And I'm going to give it to you. Um, the, the way I see it. And, and I hope I was able to convey some of that today. Fantastic. Well, guys, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for giving us some of your time. Thanks, Doc. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc podcast on all major platforms. Hey folks, before I let you go, I just wanted to make sure I thank United Medical Credit for sponsoring this podcast and also the business of dentistry. Go check out their website at www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD to get a special deal. 